Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We're continuing our examination uh, through the book, through the letter that James wrote. We're in the third chapter. And just to remind us, if you remember the context right here in the third chapter, James begins and says, hey, let not many of us become teachers. Well, why is that? Because the teacher will incur a stricter judgment. And you think, well, what's the hope? Why is he worried about that? Well, it has to do with the issue of how we use our tongue. You know, teachers teach, they speak, so they want to make sure that they speak the right thing. And he says, we all stumble in various ways, but if someone's learned how to bridle his tongue, then he will know how to control his whole body, and he'll be a mature man. He'll be a perfect man, as described here, mature, a complete man. And then he gave some examples of that, how we uh, guide a horse by the bit in the mouth, how a ship, though it be very large, is guided by a rudder. And so in the same way that the tongue, though it's a small part of the body, is guided in the same way that the pilot guides the rudder and can guide the whole ship, then the tongue is guided by our thoughts, our mind, and literally guides our bodies. And he starts giving all these pictures uh, of how a great forest is set afire by such a flame that the tongue is a fire, it's a world of iniquity, how it will defile the body. And it sets on fire by hell itself, okay, about how man has tamed every species of birds and beasts and reptiles and creatures, but no one can tame the tongue. And how the tongue is full of deadly poison. He's very graphic about this, isn't he? And then he says, why? (coughs) He says, with this tongue, we bless God, but then we curse man. And he tells us that these things should not be. Okay, we should not be doing that in this way. And he gives some more examples. He says, you know, can a fountain water bring forth fresh water or bitter water? Can a fig tree produce olives or a vine produce figs? Well, the answer is no. Can salt water produce fresh water? And he, then he finally says, if there's any among you that have understanding, this is verse 13, let him show it by his good behavior and his deeds and gentleness and wisdom. But... So he's setting up this juxtaposition. He said, if you really have understanding about this, if you're wise, then your deeds will be reflective of it. And there will be deeds of gentleness and deeds of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. So what's the motivation for what's been going on with the tongue here, for the way they were speaking? It's bitter jealousy and selfish ambition. That is what's coming out of their heart. That's what's deep within them. And he says, so, hey, guys, don't be arrogant about this and don't lie against the truth. Remember this, verse 15, that this kind of wisdom, that jealousy, that selfish ambition, the stuff in the heart, that does not come from above, but it's earthly. It's natural. It's demonic. And then he builds upon it for where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder and every evil thing. You're not going to find the order of the body of Christ in the way that the Lord designed the body of Christ when you have jealousy and selfish ambition. You're not going to find the body living the way. Any number of examples, but Ephesians 4 is my go-back-to position, my default position nowadays, of how you see that if we are 
doing what the Lord says, that the body will build itself up in love. But the body, the body of Christ, the church, the true organism, not the organization, the church that man's created, the organism, the body of Christ, if there is jealousy and selfish ambition there, then there's going to be disorder. And there's going to be every evil thing. That is the entryway. That is the doorway that will bring forth every evil thing. But there's hope. I don't know. How do I know there's hope? <clears throat> because the next word is but. <laughs> Verse 17, James 3. But the wisdom from above, again, he's comparing the wisdom from below, earthly, demonic, fleshly, to the wisdom above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering without hypocrisy. So you see the comparison he's making. He said the wisdom that is from down here is earthly, it's natural, so the flesh is demonic. And you're going to have jealousy and selfish ambition. And where you have this, there's disorder in every evil thing. And folks, that is basically what you see within the professing body of Christ today. You see that type of thing. Even in, in what we would refer to as good places, even places where the power of the Lord is moving and the Lord's doing magnificent things, if you're not careful... We will move within the wisdom of man. It will be earthly. It will be natural. It will be led by demonic forces. And jealousy will come in. Ambition will come in. And disorder will erupt in every evil thing. We must keep our mind upon the things above. What he says in verse 17. The wisdom from above is first pure. Okay? It's pure. It's not corrupt. It's not fleshly. It's not earthly. It's not demonic. It's not compromised. It is the wisdom of the Most High God. Out of that will flow everything else that we see right here. It's then peaceable. It's gentle. It's reasonable. It's full of mercy. Has good fruits and unwavering without hypocrisy. That's the wisdom from above. Wisdom, think about that again. Just, just hear that. Wisdom from above will bring peace. Wisdom from above will be gentle. Wisdom from above will be reasonable. You know, so often man loves to talk about reason, loves to talk about reason. And we swing the pendulums too far both directions to where people want to throw the reason of man out. Well, that's crazy because man gave us the ability to reason. But then they want to swing the pendulum too far the other way to where they say, well, we really don't need the word of God now. He's given us reason. <clears throat> and we as men are wise enough to discern things. Well, that's, that's total foolishness. The wisdom from above is reasonable. The wisdom from above is full of mercy. And the wisdom from above has good fruit. It will be fruit of the Spirit, not the deeds of the flesh. Now, the last verse of the third chapter, he says, this is unwavering, and it's without hypocrisy. And the seed whose fruit is righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So we can glean from this that there were some things going on with these people that James was addressing right here. There was some talk going on. They were ripping each other apart with their tongues, right? And it would look like uh, the wisdom of man. I mean, it would look like the great thing to do. And he's saying, no, 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 you're barking up the wrong tree right here. <clears throat> you need the wisdom from above. And you're going to know what this wisdom from above is because the seed of that wisdom from above, when you plant it, it's going to bring forth the fruit. And the fruit is righteousness. And this is sown in peace, it's not sown in division. It's sown in peace by those who make peace. Now, here's where the problem arises. 
<coughs> remember what he's describing them repeatedly. He calls them brethren. Okay. He's speaking to people who are believers and they're all believers. What we face and what the church faced at this time. Okay. Is that you will have people who are professing believers who are not truly saved. Okay. They're not truly saved. You know, James has said it earlier. He said, Hey, you know, you say that there's one guy. That's great. That's great. But even the demons believe and they tremble. See, you can believe and not really believe under faith and under salvation. And I believe there's a lot of people that, quote, unquote, go to church that are in that category. They've been very religious. <clears throat> They've been there their whole lives. They do good things. They do good works. They're busy, 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 busy for the church. But they themselves have never really been transformed. Now, I cannot sit there and point a finger and say, okay, you have, you have, you have. You can look at the fruit. Yeah, we're fruit inspectors and tell a lot, but here's the bottom line. You have to take this before God. And so if you feel there's a nudge, and if you feel the Lord is speaking to you, if you feel the Lord is convicting you in relationship to this, then hallelujah, today is the day of salvation. Speak with the Lord, call upon him, repent, confess. Say, God, reveal to me where I stand with you. I want to be the one who sows in peace, okay? and reaps the fruit of righteousness. Otherwise, we're just going to continue on with what we've had, which is major division. Anyway, we'll continue on with this more the next time. I'm out of time right now. Again, I'm Dale. I'll see you then. Goodbye.